Welcome to the Gold Standard Super Bowl edition live from Los Angeles. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Jeremy K. Gover, and you can follow me at It's Gover Time on Twitter. And uh, I am thrilled to be out here in Los Angeles to cover the Super Bowl for AP Radio. And uh, but, you know, I, sometimes you got you to take a break and talk a little Preds. So that's what I'm here to do. Well, we, we are honored that you're going to take a break. In fact, uh, here on the 440 Sports Network, the Gold Standard Podcast, you will be in for Adam Vingan over the course of all of his paternity leave over the course of the next few weeks. So everybody out there, I guess, don't give him a round of applause while driving in your car. But if you're like running with the dog or if you're doing if you're walking <laughs> through the grocery store, you know, purchasing produce, just put everything down and start giving Jeremy a round of applause. Just, you know, just give him give him some claps. All right. Give him some shouts like right wherever, wherever you're doing right now, listening to this. Say way to go, Gover. In lieu of uh, applauding, when you get to a point where you can stop well, again, whatever you're doing, go ahead and click that rate button and give us a give, give us a good rate. See, because then what happens here is that I outperform <laughs> Vingan and then I, and then it looks like I should stay. That's that's where we're going with this. Host beef. I really, yes. I'm here for it, man. <laughs> the the pettier the better. So coming up on the show today, uh, we've got an interesting team coming to Nashville next week. Uh, so we will discuss uh, next week's action. You got Winnipeg, and then of course the return of Laviolette next week. So we'll just discuss that a little bit later on. I've got some Central Division rapid fire questions for you. Um, I know you wanted to talk about the All-Star game. So we'll sort of do a a reset at the All-Star break to kind of get your thoughts on some of the big topics we've been discussing throughout the course of the regular season. Uh, I I really want to, for some reason, I am obsessed with the broadcasts in the NHL. And because now we're getting them from so many different places, we've got TNT and ESPN Plus and Valley Sports. So I'm going to I want to get your thoughts on the TNT broadcast, which, of course, carried the game on Wednesday evening against the Dallas Stars. We'll get to the loss against Dallas. I want to have a much larger discussion about I think I learned something in that loss to Dallas. And it could be a really good thing for the Preds. It could be a really okay. bad thing for the Preds. And I want, it's never too early to talk playoff matchups. So I want to get your thoughts on that. We'll have a longer conversation here at the beginning. But uh, before we do any of that, Jeremy, we'll see how you do here, buddy. Okay. The gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers. Yes. Success. You did it. You did it. You're good. We don't need you the rest of the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I gotta see you guys. Go back to bed. Uh, new menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New menu items uh, all across the the board there for Jasper. So go check that out. They have great specials, of course, as we always tell you. Four Nashville Predators games, home and road. Three dollar domestic beers. Ten dollar smash burger. Free parking. Uh, it's a great place to watch the Preds. They are a Nashville Predators bar, and they have a cocktail named after this podcast, the Gold Standard Cocktail. It's a whiskey drink, not a cider drink, but a whiskey drink. Go, go go check it out uh all right gover so first and foremost like what the hell are you doing in los angeles man Have, what, what's the super bowl vibe feel like out there in la so i flew out on wednesday morning and uh i got here bright and early i was like 11 a.m got my car uh taxi the taxi guy who was driving dropping me off at my rental car place got in a wreck so that was fun it was a good real good start to the whole trip <laughs> And uh, it was right. It was right at the rental car place. Like I was literally paying him as it happened, so it wasn't like it was, you know, uh, in the middle of the road or anything. Are, are you okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fine. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, so uh, other than awkward and then embarrassed, you know, for him, you know, other than that. Uh, so so I got my car and then I went to uh, pick up my credential and um, that was a, a, a some craziness. Uh, it seemed to be unnecessarily, but I also understand that it's the NFL. It's the biggest league in the world, right? It's going to be. There's going to be you know and it's also la it's not boise idaho right so you have to park five miles away from the venue and then you gotta 
<laughs> get to the place and then go through a maze of things and eat a carrot and a brownie at the same time and then get your credential and then walk back to it was nuts but they know, allow brownies in california I, well a certain they're, kind they're of definitely they're definitely southern california they're definitely pro carrot i just was, I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know oh, that's that. right you're right you're right you had to drink a kale shake sorry i probably would have better <laughs> anyway so the point is, is that it was it was very uh long and arduous to get the credential but the place uh as you're walking through it all is massive uh, I went to the NFL shop that's set up on site. It's like the size of a Kroger. I mean, it's just oh monstrous. Uh, they have everything in there. I found some Titan stuff, which I thought was interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, again, the, the experience has been really, really great so far. But, again, I've only been here uh, for that long. And um, I'm really, and Friday, Friday is the in-person stuff that starts. Normally, of course, I'd have flew out Monday. For those who don't know, you fly out Monday, and it's a whole week of in-person media day craziness, right? And uh, but now it's all virtual because of COVID and Omicron and all this. So uh, Friday is when the in-person stuff starts. And that's when I that's when I'll really get a feel of what how how big and massive this is. Were you were you so you went to the actual SoFi Stadium? Is that where? No, it was, was no, it? again, it's L.A., right? It's, <clears throat> so so the convention center by Staples okay. or uh, sorry, crypto. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. By, by the dip, Jeremy, by the dip. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> so. I guess what I was going to ask, first of all, where can people, what, what are you going to be doing and where can people find all that great work for the Super Bowl? So let's, let's so, do that first. So uh, you, you, know, you can follow me at It's Gover Time. I'm going to post some stuff there because, of course, I mean, why not, right? Even though I'm predominantly a Predators, uh, you know, person, a media member. Just no uh, photos of anybody with their head in their hands. Okay. Right. None of that. Right. And which, if you, if you know, if you know, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but at AP radio is where I'll be, I feed all my stuff all, you know, every single day. We've already done two previews and actually three previews. Uh, I'm hoping to be a part of the halftime press conference today because I've been a, I've been a hip hop fan since 1988. And so I, I, I've got my craft and my question crafted for Dr. Dre. So hopefully I get a chance to be a part of the virtual conference, but I haven't seen a link come through yet. And, and, and it's, and it's not included in the regular NFL stuff that they send out. So I don't know if I'm going to miss it or not, but there is that as well. So I, I know you're a huge hip hop guy. It's one of the few halftime shows I've looked forward to, like as an actual fan. And I promise yeah. we're going to talk a lot of hockey here. I just wanted to, you know, I think it's, we, no, don't, I appreciate we, it. we don't have very many people like live from the Super Bowl on, <laughs> on a Predators <laughs> podcast very often. So right. we're going to take the opportunity. Is, is there, I, I'm, I'm going to plead complete ignorance on this, but I, I, after seeing the entire list of awesome names, all of which yeah. are amazing, I, I, is Cube just not invited? Like what happened with that? So <laughs> like, I think, I feel like he, this will be a perfect time for him to be in there. So I think there's two things. One, and uh, there he's he's on a tour with Too Short, Snoop Dogg, and E40 uh, from Mount Mount Westmore. And now Snoop is on the show, so I don't know if Snoop right. is just making the time or however that's working. But my assumption is Cube is focused on that. I also, and here's what I really do think: we remember Coachella, right? When you mentioned Coachella to a hip hop fan, the first thing they think of is the Tupac hologram. First thing they think of. Okay. Okay. And that was, I don't know, 10 years ago. Maybe it was a long time ago, 10, 11 years ago. That was the last real marquee Dr. Dre show that I, that I know of. So I would not be surprised if there's an easy E hologram now or, that would be cool. or a Tupac something or other, or there's yeah. like 15,000 guests, right? Like cube. Right. And in order to have those surprise guests, you can't announce them all. All right. Okay. So you never know. We'll see what happens. Well, but I'm, I'm, very I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for myself because I don't normally care about the halftime show. 
uh but like my five-year-old daughter loves it but like i don't really care about it this Ooh. time I'm, this time i actually am, am fired up about it so yeah it's uh, gonna it's, be great it should be a ton of fun we'll, we'll get your prediction on the game here coming up uh, later on in the show so let's let's talk a little hockey here um as you're wearing some super bowl merch by the way i do appreciate you already well yeah so let me tell you so i had to go to target to get this because at the nfl shop it was like 110 dollars for basically the same pullover oh, and this is 35 nice. at target so i'm like well i'm not i mean my budget's already tight I'm not right. going to go drop $115 on a pullover when I can go to Target and get it for $35. Smart man. Smart so. man. Um, so it, it, when you see the clip all over the socials, you, you'll that, that's just no, uh, no free shouts, but go to Target <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> instead of the actual shop. All right. So Nashville, great game against Dallas. Just I thought stylistically, it, you know, it was a fun, entertaining game. We'll talk about the broadcast in just a second. Um, I do think that. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about the style that Dallas plays and if that create, creates any concerns for Nashville Predators matchups in the postseason, which is what I continually kept telling myself as I was watching the game. Dallas, again, while it was entertaining, not as much for Preds fans, especially in the last period and where they just kind of controlled play for the last 20, 30 minutes or so, give or take. Um, for, before we get into the bigger conversation, I'm just curious, you, you know, they've had so many long layoffs they had the long layoff for christmas they had a break because of the ottawa game that was canceled yeah. they had another mini break now they have another break with the all-star game they just had a lot of breaks i don't think we saw much rust or whatever against dallas do you have any specific takeaways from the actual back and forth three times they come from behind which is impressive but they can't finish the job and they don't they don't collect any points on the road in the division against the a rival team that we that we hate here in nashville yeah i think the the biggest difference honestly comes down to the first period the Predators took three penalties in the first 10 minutes of the game. And Dallas scored because, of course, they did on one of them. The last one. Uh, that's not true. I'm sorry, the second one. And so if when you are going to give a team, even though Dallas is not – I mean, they're they're loaded with talent, okay? No one's going to dispute that. But uh, they're not exactly, a, not exactly lighting the world on fire. They're kind of a fringe bubble team right now, which, as I predicted uh, before the season started, I didn't like how they were made up, and uh, they've proven that to be true. But the – Enough patting myself on the back. I have no idea why I even brought that up. The point is, no, is you that should. They, this is this they, is your time to brag. They, is uh, they, they the the Preds took three penalties in the first ten minutes, and that put them behind the eight ball by one goal. And what was the final score, Braden? Four to three. They lost by one goal. So I'm not saying. I mean, obviously the game could have gone any other way. It's I, I always hate revisionist history because yes, you can go pinpoint one thing, but it dictates the the way the rest of the game is played on the ice or on the field or whatever sport you want to talk about. But I, I do think that the parade to the penalty box in the first in the game's first ten minutes, uh, uh, basically, almost it took them a period to get back, and I hate that because most teams have been off for the All Star break too. So what, what's the but for whatever reason they weren't ready to play in the opening. Let's just call it ten minutes, and then for the last fifty they played fine. They played great. They played they they won the game essentially, but. You know, it was too late. It was too little too late. And that's how close these games are at the NHL level, especially in the Central Division, is if you give a team an opportunity for even a moment of time and they take advantage of it, it can cost you the game later on. It, it also, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here or not, but it's also probably not wise to turn around and pass the puck back to your goaltender, which really ends up in the opposing team's hands or lack thereof or, or, or stick or whatever you want to call it here. Like you probably shouldn't do that Dante. Um, and it's funny. Cause I think I spent a lot of time last night during the game, like looking at some of his metrics and he has had by far his best season. He has been yes. 
he has been very, very good. You know, all the, the, the goals expected on defense are way, way better than he's ever been. Um, he's producing even a little bit more on offense. He's just been a more steady player all season long. But that turnover reminded me of old Dante Fabro, where he just one time a game or twice a game, he just does something and you just go, oh, my God, what are you doing? And that one is the one that reminded me of, of old Dante Fabro. I agree with that. And I have to hope in the grand scheme of things that it was a reminder of whatever he's done different this season, right? Actually, since being scratched in the playoffs, right? Since being yeah, scratched yeah. in the playoffs, uh, he's he's been pretty good. Again, he's, I wouldn't call him a top pair defenseman, but I but you know he's he's like okay, second pair guy, you know, you know on, on most teams, it's and that's that's what you're looking for in a young player like that because people do forget that he's still young. So uh, I, I have to hope and, and think that. It's a, it's a, not, a, I hate the term wake up call, but it was, it's like a little kind of like, a, oh, yeah, whatever I was, I, I, I kind of lapsed back into old habits. You, you don't think and, that's exactly what the coaching staff is doing when they're watching film with, with him on that play? Yeah, they're like, well, dude. You would, yes, you would, you would, like I said, you'd hope so. You'd hope that that was the case. Uh, but uh, it, it, as opposed to, and this is where I'm going with this, as opposed to, um, you know, like Duchesne and Fort, we always have a, at least at this point, where I go, Duchesne's going to regress, right? He's going to regress to the mean, right? Well, that's what you have to hope Fabro is not doing. You have to hope Fabro has yeah, yeah. turned over a new leaf and that this is not an, an issue of like, Oh, here we go. He's back. You know, yeah, and, the player that we expected. And, and I think that's what you hope for. And I don't, yeah, I, I think he's to your original point. I think he's a solid number four defenseman. Like he'd yes. be the fourth defenseman on the team. Yes. If I was ranking them and I think he's a really good number four this year. And he's a solid and, second pairing defenseman on most teams as well. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I, the other thing just, I don't normally shout out players on other teams, but that's... Oh, hold on. But- I, 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 have to, I have to say this, Brad, because before we move on, because I know you're going to move on and I'm going to lose it. I have also made the mistake of passing back to my goaltender, and it has also <laughs> burned me, okay? So in the moment, for whatever reason, I'm thinking, oh, this is a safe play, or this not... I mean, it's not safe because you're passing back to the goal, but I'm saying, like, you know, like, there's nobody around you, you know, like, you know, like, this is... Like, he's right there. I can just kind of backhand it to him. I've done that before, and it's also burned me. So, uh, so Dante, I feel you, buddy. I, I don't you. mean I don't mean to like Al Bundy top you here, um, in like a, in like a married with children kind of way, where we just like talk about all of our glory plays from high school and stuff. Uh, I can't wait I, for this. This is this is as bad as like this is. I can't believe I'm about to tell the story. This is <laughs> this is the most embarrassing sports moment of my entire childhood. And I played everything growing up, like hockey. I, I played ho- football and soccer in high school, but I played hockey growing up as well. I was I, I played defense. I played, um, and and I was I was on the right boards coming back into my zone, and I had the puck. I was all by myself, and I had a guy kind of breathing down my neck on a four check. And I would I would I was probably like sixteen years old. And I the uh, intention of the play, let's call it, okay, was to send it around the boards, behind the net. Oh yes, you're gonna rim it around. Well. Uh, no idea how it ended up going on net. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and bouncing in for an own goal. That's amazing. It's it's the, like I've dropped passes playing football. I've whiffed on kicks playing soccer. I've struck out a million times playing baseball. I have never, ever done anything as embarrassing as that one particular moment. And I now everyone knows all of my deepest, darkest sports humiliations. Well, let me do, let me go one more. Not is that about me. In, in the 90s, I remember watching a game on ESPN and uh, with the Red Wings and Paul Coffey 
cleared the puck into his own goal. He was standing. I feel, I feel, he, he was I feel better guarding, now. Thank you. He was guarding the front of the net. He's guarding the crease, and the puck came to him. And instinctually, he's it was like a penalty kill, I think. And instinctually, he he went to just drill it out of the zone, but he happened to be facing the wrong way. <laughs> it is hilarious. If you can find it on YouTube, it's worth all ten seconds of your time. It's amazing. I'm a regular so Paul. I'm the Paul Coffee of the podcast. That's yes, you are. This is. I'll take the I'll take the 37 year career by the yeah, way. Yeah, you're you're a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. So. <laughs> right. um, anyway, so a uh, real real quick shout on on another player, which I rarely do on the show, but I wanted to shout shout this out because I, it was just a spectacular play, and he made more than one. But like the game winning goal, Luke Glendening with the dive to to oh, block yeah. the pass and then yes. create the rush, get up onto his feet and then finish it, like just a a, a pitch perfect hockey play. And you got to give the kid credit. Like, just give him credit. He made the great play. And sometimes you lose because another guy just is, gets paid millions of dollars to also play hockey. And uh, he made a great play. So I just that was a spectacular play by him. It, it was a spectacular play, and he had a lot of great plays in that game. He played a really he played a whale of a game. And even though he plays in Dallas, he was not one of the three stars of the game, which I thought was I thought it was robbery. Yeah, I, I understand that Robertson had two goals, and I mean I I get all that, but he. I, when I voted for three stars, for those who don't know how it works at Preds games anyway, uh, they, they well, they used to pass around a, a sheet and then you would fill in your three stars and then you turned it in around five minutes left in the game, something like that, regulation. So the overtime ones, if there's like an overtime winner, that usually went to the front and then we didn't get to vote on that. But in a normal game, the right. regulation, you, you voted about five minutes left in the game. And I would always try to give, try, within reason. If somebody says three goals, the other person has four assists, okay, it's a different story. But all things being equal, I would try to give some love to somebody who didn't impact the score sheet as a third star. If they played a whale of a game, if they played a, a standout defensive game, if they had five blocks or if they had a key block on a save that Soros would have missed or whatever, I tried to give some love to the in the third star position to somebody who didn't make, impact the score sheet to show that it's a real vote. It's not just a stat contest. I, I, won I would all like to have seen Glendon get the third yeah, star. Yeah, I agree. I won all 14 defensive zone faceoffs. Give me some love. <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. Right, like right. Again, all things being equal, right, that per- right. that player deserves some love. And it, and it shows everyone else, hopefully, that the media is not just looking at the stat sheet, that they actually watch the game and then, and then who are the three stars of the game. And so I really took pride in that when I could. As you should. Uh, game-winning steal, game-winning goal doesn't qualify as... I, I mean, <laughs> whatever, okay. I guess not. In your home arena, by the way. In your home so, arena. So let, let's... I want to blossom the, the game out because I did think... I, I'll disagree with you a little bit about how, like, the last 50 minutes, the Preds sort of, quote-unquote, won the game. I think they, okay. you could argue that they played evenly, and I'm fine with that. But I did not see a lot of sustained offensive zone possession in the third period. I'm sure there's, like, an actual metric there that maybe proves me wrong. But it didn't feel like it. It felt like... Like we know Dallas wants to clog up the neutral zone. They want to yeah. play in between the lines and they want to make you fight and battle and scrap and claw, come at you from both sides and and keep you f- from flowing into the zone, which is exactly what John Hines wants to do. Dump it in there and just, you know, offensive zone takeaways and puck battles and all that stuff. The, w- the way we know the identity has sort of been defined and created. And I, I'm just curious what you think about. And it's never too early, in my opinion, to start looking at matchups, because I think no. Colorado, we can talk. We'll talk about division a little bit later on, but Colorado feels like they're going to run away and hide with the division championship. And we're start, you can start to see barring any crazy runs, good or bad by a lot of teams. You can start to see two or three teams that could be the matchup, right? If they fall to the wild card, it's probably going to be Vegas. If they're a 
a two seed, it's probably going to be Minnesota. If they're a three seed, it's probably going to be Minnesota. It could be St. Louis. Like you're Whoa. not, it's probably one of those two or three teams that they will match up with in the first round. Should they get there? And to me, the teams, Dallas has always played a style that certainly counteracted Pierre Laviolette's style because yes. they wanted to knock you in the face with, and they also had some goal scoring talent, high end talent. The way that team played seems like it matches up well with this Predators John Hines identity. I'm curious, what type of team would you want to see in the first round for the Nashville Predators of those teams that we're talking about? Whether it's, you know, I guess you could include Dallas and Winnipeg in theory. They could sneak their way back in or somebody from the Pacific Division. Which are the teams that play the style that concern you the most? And which are the teams that play the style that you think the Predators match up best with, if that makes sense? It does make sense. It's a great question. Um, I, I, you know, I tend to think. Well, first of all, Colorado scares the crap out of you, right? You don't want to. You don't want to play Colorado in any fashion whatsoever. So if they somehow slide down to the eighth spot, uh, they're going to be in big trouble. But at that point, I think there will be no expectations anyway, right? You'd be like, well, Colorado's going to win. So uh, and then hopefully there's a stunner or whatever. But I, I do like the, ma- the Minnesota matchup a lot, and I say that because they've got some talent. Uh, for sure, but they don't necessarily, I mean, they got, and some guys like Hartman, you know, like I get Greenway, uh, Dumba, they play, you know, they play a heavy game, but overall they're a skill team and I'd like to see, uh, the Predators play them. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't like Minnesota's goaltending regardless of what the numbers say. And, and I just, I just think that Nashville is primed to beat them. Vegas is the tough one for me because we haven't seen Vegas's full complement yet. It's kind of like the Titans in the regular season, right? Where we never saw Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and Julio Jones all together on this field at the same time, except for what was it? It would have been like ten point one percent of the plays, or some crazy number. Yeah, it was like it was like one hundred and twenty snaps or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the it's kind of like that, right? That you've got, you know, Mark Stone was he's healthy now, but he he had some time. Marshall has had some time. Eichel's been on the shelf since the trade, obviously, uh, from Buffalo. And so they intrigue me a little bit. Now, their goaltending is suspect as well as Minnesota. So they're beatable, but they're so loaded every other place. It's like it kind of, they're kind of like Colorado, actually, where they can beat you eight to, eight to five. You know, those old Pittsburgh Penguins teams of the late of the early 90s, you know. So I, I agree when you start to look at like the sheer talent on the roster. If Patretti, Eichel, yeah, Stone, like if all those guys are in there playing at their peak, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of dudes. Oh, yeah, I can just take over a shift. Yes, but but is it but is it the defensive clog it up, muck it up, make it dirty? Like uh, Colorado might just be too talented to like it doesn't matter what style. Yeah, like, too yeah fast, that's true. Too skilled, that's true. Too ta- it doesn't yeah. even though they you could call them. I don't want to call them a finesse team because that feels like an insult, but like. They just have too much talent. The question well, is, can you cross over to just elite skill and talent to overcome the way, like the San Francisco 49ers play football would be the way I would describe, you know, that the Predators hockey team where you can, comparison. like you can make it physical and dirty for 60 minutes and find out how much the other dude loves hockey. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the playoffs so great in the NHL. And can Vegas, would Vegas be, are they just too talented to overcome that style of play or can they play that heavy game too? <clears throat> I think they can play the heavy game. I, I really like the like the Tanner Janot in particular is going to be the key. He'll be the X factor for the Predators in the playoffs if they play against a heavy team, because this is a guy who is fighting for a Calder Trophy, which is unbelievably awesome. But he's got 14 goals and 14. He's got 28 points. Okay, 
in 47 games, which doesn't blow any, you know, doesn't blow you away necessarily, unless you know that he's a rookie and undrafted and came out of nowhere and all that. And but, starts every possession in the defensive zone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But th- on top of that, he could throw his weight around. He also, by the way, leads them in penalty. Well, I guess Borbietsky technically does, but he he leads all forwards and predators forwards in penalty minutes. And so, and, and it's not because he's not a goon. He's just yeah. very physical and takes the body and doesn't shy away from anything. And, and, and you love the way he plays the game, whether he impacts a score sheet or not. And so it's not, it doesn't rest all on one guy, but I think there's, he leads the charge. Okay. For the, for that, let's say bottom six forwards. And when you have a bottom six forward who plays like that, who can also contribute offensively, I think that gives you a real advantage in the playoffs as opposed to, and I'm just spitballing here. Vegas is top six who are lethal. And then, the, and then their bottom six are horrendous. It's a huge gap fall off. Right. And so, and Colorado kind of has that as well, even though they can hurt you, hurt you from the back end. So it's, I, I, I don't shy away as I have in other years, the, the Dallas year, the, when the Preds played Dallas, for example, they got beat up end of story in the playoffs. And that's where I think the Tanner Janot thing will be the difference maker because not only can he score when he's out there, he's not just a goon. He can go out there like, like a Scott nickel. No, no, there's no offense against Scott nickel. Right. But or Cody McLeod or those guys that were in the, the, the lineups right. around he's, that time. He's just is he can actually, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he can do all those things. He can fight, he can do whatever, be physical and brutal, but he can also score goals and he can also put, you know, play make and he can also drive puck possession in the offensive zone. So, and, and again, the defensive zone faceoffs. So I, I, I like them. I think they're better suited now than they were even last year or two years ago for a physical matchup. Well, and they might have two, two and a half of those guys. <laughs> like, like, Yagoff, yes. Yagoff Trent is not Trent, really. Yeah, I didn't even get to him. Not really that he, different. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get to him because his point totals are a little different. But he's got 11 goals. Yeah. I mean, the guy the guy could find the back of the net. So I guess my point is, is that it's just, it's, I like their, I, I like their skill right now, the Predators, for a, a playoff matchup short of, again, Vegas or, or Colorado. But they have the extra component now of we're not afraid to back down. We're going to go after it. We're going to the dirty areas. We don't care. We're driving the puck possession, and we're going to knock you off the puck on the forecheck. And they've got all those things now that they didn't have two or three years ago when they played those other teams. I, and that, by the way, was the difference in that Dallas series. Yes, that was I, the difference. I, I completely agree, and I think it's their identity, and I think it's the way they win games in the playoffs. I'm concerned about their skill level <laughs> in the in the playoffs. I'm not worried about the the physicality. I think that's what levels the playing field against a highly skilled but frankly a, a peter laviolette style team yes this team would just eat that one for lunch it feels I like agree. Agreed. For, on like a shift in shift out seven game series what about st louis i mean dallas i i would be worried about a series with dallas i, I don't think dallas is going to get there but right. that type of like again we saw that type of matchup also there's history and mental stuff there but you know winnipeg there's some history there too I don't know. I don't think they fall into the the physicality, but they can play that way because they're big on their top six. They do have goaltending. Where yeah. does St. Louis fit? Because it sounds like you're saying you like the matchup with Minnesota. Where would a matchup with if if somehow St. Louis and Nashville are two and three and they're playing? How do you feel about that matchup? I like that matchup a lot, but I I would say that St. Louis is a tricky one because I haven't watched them a lot this season, but what I have seen of them has not impressed me as like, Oh, they're a true contender. Let's put it this way. In a seven game series, I would take Nashville nine times out of 10. against oh, okay. So I'm not too worried about them. Uh, that being said, I, there's something I could be overlooking. I, I, I pride myself on being fair 
and I have not seen a lot of St. Louis Blues hockey this year, unfortunately. I've seen, you know, a handful of games, you know, nine or ten games, but I, but I haven't, like, watched them, you know, with the with the intent of, like, oh, this is a playoff team. They could – I mean, I will now after this conversation. <laughs> but going up to this point right, – right. But going up to this point, I haven't I, – I, there's nothing that I've seen out of them on a consistent basis uh, that worries me other than Kyrou, of course, other than uh, that, that worries me in a long playoff series against the okay. Predators. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm, I was watching the game against Dallas and for some reason, all my brain was thinking about was which teams are going to play like this Dallas in the playoffs. And that style is going to give Nashville trouble. Like elite talent gives everybody trouble. Colorado, they give everybody trouble. Right. But what, what team that's sort of on a level playing field skill and talent, talent wise will give Nashville trouble because they're going to make it hard to move up and down the ice clog it all up and slow it all down and Dallas did some of that and kind of controlled I thought they controlled the pace a lot in the third period I, I didn't see a lot of sustained offensive zone possession the way you normally do when they're down there buzzing around winning puck battles so just wanted to get that out of the way because it's never too early to start talking about playoff matchups uh, that is for sure all right when we come back we're going to talk about the TNT broadcast we're going to do some uh, all-star game stuff, some Central Division rapid fire, <clears throat> and we'll take a look at the Super Bowl and what's coming up for the Preds next week as well. We'll do all that right here with Jeremy K. Gover. The K stands for knowledge. We'll be right back. This is the gold standard here on the 440 Sports Network. The gold standard podcast about the Nashville Predators here on the 440 Sports Network is, in fact, brought to you by Jeremy K. Gover. No, it's not brought to you by Jeremy K. No. Gover. no. But it's brought to you by who, Jeremy K. Gover? Jaspers. The great <laughs> Jaspers. Go check them out. They're awesome. Over on West End, they have new menu items coming out right now. Deb Paquette, she's a genius. She's, she's doing all kinds of great work putting that menu together. Constantly evolving. Free parking. Great specials for the Preds games. You guys know the whole deal. Here, here's my question, Gover, because you will be working during the Super Bowl. I will so be. So you're not allowed. I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say it during this ad. But you're going to be we'll, – we'll keep doing it until we get a cease and desist. You, you're <laughs> – you're working during the big game. The big game, yes. And so you will not have a choice of like, I'm going to go to Jasper's and pick wings and queso and fried cheese. Like they catered our Super Bowl party last year, big game party last year. And uh, it was awesome. It was spectacular. It was just the four of us because it was COVID, but whatever. This right. year it's going to be, it's going to be a lot more fun. What are, give me your, you can have three items, food items at your dream watch party of your sporting event of choice. We'll call it football for the sake of this discussion. What are those items in order? Uh, boneless wings. That's not a thing. Oh, are you, are you, are you against the boneless it's not, it's, wings? Well, it's not a thing. <coughs> it's, a, it's a chicken tender. <coughs> <coughs> I love my chicken tenders in. Also, right, I'm, not right, sure what, I'm not sure what part of the chicken the tender is exactly, but whatever. Well, so I'll start over. Wings. Okay, there we go. Uh, I'll do burger sliders just because I really like some burger sliders. Burger or pork barbecue? Oh, well, the third one was going to be a, a shredded barbecue. It was going to be shredded pork. Was, that was going to be the third thing. So, that a boy. Again, finger food, sliders and finger food. You know, big burgers, great. You got to have sliders for a party, you know. So, I, I love pizza, and Jasper's has amazing flatbreads. But I see so many people say, like, pizza is my number one football party food. And I just, pizza doesn't feel super bowly to me. Yeah. It feels like a Thursday night game. <laughs> yeah. It feels like every day for me. So I, I, that, so I didn't, it's not an occasion, you know? Right. 
And by the way, the flatbreads at Jasper's, which are largely basically just like healthy, awesome pizzas, they're delicious and they're incredibly creative. So go check them out. But everybody's, I, I have so many friends who are like, yeah, pizza for, you know, our super party. And I'm like, ah, it's easy. It, it it's doesn't, easy. You can bring in two, three, four pies. Right. And then people can just pick a slice and it's, a, it's, 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 it's convenience. That's it's all a, it is. I, it's a cop out. It feels like, yeah, yeah I guess I feel like pizza's great every day, but there are certain like chips and queso, Yes, you know, like chicken wings. I'm with you. Little mini sliders. Like I'm with you. Like there, it. It feels like it needs. I don't know. Pizza just doesn't feel right. I can't explain it. I don't understand. Go to Jasper's. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of stuff here with you. I want to reset because I got Adam's predictions last week on his last episode for a month and a half about what's going to happen when he, by the time he comes back by the trade deadline. So I want to get some of your thoughts on some of those questions about will Forsberg be on the roster when he returns, you know, all this other stuff. So we'll get to all that in just a second. But I love Kenny Albert. I love Kenny Albert. Oh, he's I, great. I, I don't want to see him on camera because he looks kind of like a soft serve ice cream cone in a soup. But, <laughs> but, but I think he is spectacular we'll he's, never not see that now he's spectacular like i think he's a great broadcaster whatever he's doing i think he does a great job in hockey i love the the power play clock Ooh. on the ice in the zone by tnt yeah. yep uh, you got gretzky doing intermission reports firing Ooh. pucks through walls like i <laughs> i just i think t- I, the fact that all these other entities are trying to do right by hockey and cover hockey and are seeing value in covering hockey. Number one is just great for the game, but I Eddie Olchuk, Keith Jones, but give me Kenny Albert calling Preds games. No disrespect to Willie. I love Willie. I love C Mace. I love Crispy. I love them all, but Hal and Pete, they're all amazing, but I, I, I really enjoy Kenny Albert broadcasts, And I think he did a, he does a wonderful job with hockey. I really like the TNT broadcast. I think it is superior to the ESPN plus broadcast. And I say that, as an ESPN employee. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I agree with that. I think they, because I think they listened to the complaints and the uh, suggestions from the NBC sports network debacle, uh, where there's no shots on goal on camera or on screen. And there's, you know, and then the, it's, it's the same old cast or the intermission and it just looks like a news desk. I mean, like things like that, like they really kind of said, okay, well, how can we make this different? And I think they did a great job. Obviously bringing in Gretzky is a big deal, but, you know, there's other former players that do just as well, if not better than Gretzky does, but he carries that name, right? So it'd be like if you had well, Charles, uh, it's Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, yeah, yeah, but, but I, well, I was gonna I was gonna go a different route, but that's exactly true. It's exactly what it's like. But it's, it's if you had uh, you know Gene Siskel or Roger Ebert review movies, you're like, oh, okay, they're you know we're respectable guys, I get that. <laughs> but then you bring in Martin Scorsese. To, to, you know, it'd be like, well, I'm going to listen to what Martin Scorsese says because Martin freaking Scorsese. So, you know, and he and the other guys may be better or more polished at the delivery, but he is Martin Scorsese. Right. So it's kind of like that. So I really like how they've kind of thought outside the box. They've done, they got this big, huge set. They do these different things. They have different guests even. Um, again, the broadcast itself is really good. Uh, I think the loss of John Forslund to the Seattle Kraken, obviously, was a big, they, they would, you know, it would be just an all-star potent killer lineup if they had Kenny Albert and John Forslund and, you know, down the road. Uh, But uh, Albert is great. And he learned a lot from his dad, obviously, how to, how to be, how to be great. And he has not just been like, uh, you know, a a Joe Buck, Jack Buck situation. 
is it's he has been he's great on his own and he knows the game he doesn't just show up and phone it i'm not suggesting joe buck phones it in but i'm just saying like he he doesn't phone it in he knows the game and it's a it's a treat it's a pleasure to hear him call a game and i don't know what it is other than just the fact that he's good at his job yeah well i think he's got that dulcet tone which is very smooth and sort of and and i think and this is what I did not like about the ESPN broad, broadcast. Um, Leah Hextall, I believe, did it. She didn't. I, I want to hear a little bit more the enthusiasm wax and wane a little bit more with the hockey game because I think that's what makes the broadcast a little like that's how you can add to it because it's hard to add to hockey visually in, in yeah. terms of a broadcast because it's so fast and you can kind of see so much stuff that's happening. But what you kind of need to do is through your voice inflection, elevate the tension in the, in the broadcast and then sort yes. of decrease the tension. Willie does that very, very well. And I think, I think Kenny does that really well at the right. It's there's a right amount to do it. And I think he does it brilliantly. The other thing I noticed about him, and this is what I think all the best in the business do, whether it's a studio host, like a Chris Fowler, you know, or, or whatever, I guess he's no longer a studio host. I should correct that. Well, but, yeah, Davis. Traditionally. Yeah. Right. I, it's the ability to throw in the one liner in the middle of something that is not only interesting, but insightful. And it's like, it, it, he, he will throw in like a one liner about Grandland as they're entering the zone. There'll be one sentence about like how he's been great in the slot this year or something, you know, like it's one little line that clearly shows you that he's prepared for it, that he yes. studied for it. Yes. But he also is not overwhelming the broadcast at the same time. Like he's, so I, again, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I think stylistically it looks good from a graphic design standpoint. I love, again, I know it's a stupid little thing, but it, you just mentioned no shots on the screen for the NBC broadcast. Having the, I love not having to check the score bug for the power play clock. I think that's yes. a really smart thing that they've done. But they've also done the opposite, which is they haven't they haven't in, been intrusive to the game and the yeah. play on the ice. And that's the balance you have to strike. You have to strike the fact that how do we let the viewers know what's going on while not being intrusive yep. to what they're watching? And they've done that. I think. I mean, maybe, no, maybe I, I hate it, but I, I really like it. I, I agree. Um, All-star game. Love it or hate it? <laughs> From what perspective, Braden? Because that's, uh, that's for the... What if you were gambling on Joe Pavaleski winning a skills champion, <laughs> skills competition? Yeah, well, then I hate it. But, on, fr well, on Friday, and then you got your bet <laughs> taken away because they were pre-recorded. But I, but I hate it because I hate that then. The, here's what I... The All-star game is, is, a, is a, a conundrum of sorts, Okay. At the local level, like whatever market gets the game, it is a huge boon, okay? It's a huge boon to the economy. It's a big get. All the best players are there within reason because, you know, Ovechkin always opts out. And, and you know, and, and but it's it's a big, big deal. It's a huge, it's a family event. Like my son and wife, I was traveling for work when the Preds hosted the All-Star Weekend. I came, I flew back in time for the game itself to cover the game. But the actual All Star Weekend and stuff, I had to miss because I was it was a major event where I work. So, uh, so I was out doing you know working. My son and and wife went. They're not hockey fans over like you know they'll go to a game and they enjoy themselves, but they're not right. hockey fans, right? But they went just for the festivities to walk around, take pictures with the big inflatable pucks and like all this you know and and just it's look at the mascot showdown and all this cool stuff and it's just so fun on a local level <laughs> nationally it is a it's a cluster it is horrible it's horrible ratings nobody watches it 
And that's just that's not hockey. That's all all star games, in my opinion, is that they're, just, they're not watchable. And so, and then they try to like they try to spruce it up with like a skills contest, which by the way is the best part of the all star weekend. By the way, the skills contest and and it used to be the side contest in basketball, especially, especially when it's outside and you're in a fountain and like yeah, it's cool because they, they did a good they did a good, good job with that. They did because you know what they did? They used the market to then put on a show. Not oh, we're bringing the show to the market. Deal with it, right? Which is a very old hockey way of thinking, right? The good old good old boys club of like we're rigid and this is what's worked, and so we're going to do that. They didn't do that. They said, okay, we're in Vegas. How do we incorporate Vegas into the show? So we should have had outside. So we should have had Forsberg on the rooftop of one honky tonk shooting pucks across Broadway into the third floor of another honky tonk across the way with a goaltender blocking a giant you know, stage of country music. That's what we should have done in Nashville. If, if they could have got a sponsor, shoot, shoot pucks if they got it sponsored by those sponsored by those restaurants. And yes, wouldn't you love, should. wouldn't you love to see somebody flip a puck over a railing, trying to land it in the oh, hockey town? It'd, it'd be awesome. But again, hopefully this is the beginning of that kind of thing where they go, okay, we're going yeah, to yeah. New York. How far can you shoot a puck in the Hudson? Whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So, so the, the, they finally did that. So I thought that was really great. But again, nationally, the game itself is just, it's almost like just have the skills competition. Don't even have a game. Like the, if the skills competition is the biggest thing and the most fun thing for everybody, just do that. You don't need to have an all-star game necessarily. And I also think there's no thing that I think people forget about this. Players sacrifice so much to just play the game and try to win a championship get through a season even. Now you're asking the best players who should be rewarded, by the way, with time off. You're asking the best players to then go work more and be with the public and fly out to the city and go do all these photo ops and all this media stuff. They get something out of it. Okay. They get to go to Vegas, all that. Okay. But they also, they also get paid tens of millions of dollars. I understand. I totally understand that. And you sound like my dad, by the way, he said that to me when I said this to him. I'm just saying. (laughs) He's like, I don't feel any sorry. People make millions of dollars. Like, okay, I get that. I'm not, I I get that. But for me, it's like, look, their, their summer is so limited and they have to work year round. They don't have a time where they can like, go eat nachos and pizza for two weeks, like the old days, and then show up to training camp and get use that to get back in shape. They have to be shaped all year round if they want to have that competitive edge. And oh, by the way, if they want to have take a vacation, they have to wait for a specific set of months. They can't just like leave in like November because it's her his wife's mom's birthday. They're going to go down to the Caribbean, whatever. So my point is the sacrifice is there. And so now you're asking the best of the best players to then go work more. And I don't, and I, so I think it would be, beneficial on the player's perspective and as a league perspective to not do the all-star game the way it's currently constructed. I do love the skills competition. I love all that, but the, so maybe I'm talking about both sides of my mouth here, but the game itself needs a serious, needs to be seriously put under a microscope because at a local level, it's yeah. amazing. I, it is amazing, but at a national level, it's horrible. Well, and, and, and we can move on, but I totally agree with you about the local national the viewership I, I don't watch the pro bowl i don't watch any of it and i used right. to when i was i used to when i was a kid i used to and i, I don't watch any yes. of it now um i i will completely disagree with you on the in a single tear has rolled down my cheek that <laughs> oh my god they have to stay in shape like go go no. go go <laughs> be some, what i meant you don't have to be a professional hockey player that's you can not what choose, i meant you can choose to another line of work if you would like the benefits of being a professional hockey player outweigh all of the things you just you just mentioned because when you do get to take vacation you're taking it to your own private island in the caribbean with like you know all of your best friends because you're a millionaire but but people don't want to hear that america 
capitalism. Woohoo. Okay. So <laughs> this is spoken from a fat guy, by the way. So I like my vacations and I like to not work out. So I, I agree. <laughs> I maybe there's it. some personal baggage in there. I don't know. We'll see. We have we have established our love of pizza uh and chicken wings on the show. There's, <laughs> there's no question about that. Um all right, just real quickly here, um, some benchmark stuff. We'll do some rapid fire in the division and some rapid fire here. And I asked Adam these questions last week and I said, what's going to, what is it going to be like around the deadline in five or six weeks? And I said, will Philip Forsberg be on the team on March 16th, which is when, you know, again, we're just kind of, there's a little navel gazing here, but whatever in five and a half weeks is Philip Forsberg on the team, the week heading into the trade deadline. Yes. Yes, he is. Okay. These rapid fire. Sorry, the rapid fire. Sorry. You can um, give me like a sentence. How about maybe? Okay, great. Um, yes, he is on the team. I tend to think that he will not be shopped, but that Poyle will let the offers come to him. That's what I think is mm. going to happen. Whereas okay. he's he's not actively looking to move Forsberg, even if he doesn't have him resigned. Which, by the way, I think is a mistake. But that's just that's GM Gober. Not not having him resigned is a mistake. Well, that and yes. not trading him. If they don't have him signed by the trade deadline, you have to trade him. Yeah, you can't ride with him unsigned. Right. I so, yes. so and, and there's a lot of worry and concern out there that Poyle will use the Gronland false gold of him coming back twice uh, to to justify yeah. him not. Anyway, so the answer is my answer is yes, he he will be on the team. But I I would stress that I don't think he's going to reach out to teams and say what do you what will you give me. I think he's going to let them come to him. Yep. And that will be the way he kind of justifies that. Because think about that. Toronto, and we're going quick, but Toronto and Edmonton. That's just two examples of teams. And I'm not talking about their cap space. I, I'm not, I don't know about that. But those are two teams that are desperate, like, like insanely desperate to win a playoff round. You tell me they would not mortgage their entire future to bring Philip Forsberg to skate alongside Dreisaitl and McDavid and Nugent Hopkins or over here, Matthews and Marker. <laughs> I mean, it would – they. Those two offers alone, again, if they can do it, would be bonkers insane. I've said this a long time, and this was this is exactly how David Poyle would spin it to the press, is that it's a weird way to describe best case scenario for the Predators, but for them to be in third place, which is where I think they're going to finish. Yeah, I don't think they're going to finish higher than third place, but for them to finish third place in the middle of a competitive rebuild and to also increase your future value and stability by trading Forsberg. Sure, it absolutely decreases your chances at winning a Stanley Cup. I there's obviously there's no question about that. Yes, no but question. if it makes you better for five years, mm-hmm. and you also still get to have a playoff series this year, that's sort of like having your cake and eating it too. If you're David Poyle, which is of course how he would spin it to us if he does trade Forsberg and they still make the playoffs, is look, we right. did both. We built for the future and we played in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm what I don't like is what I'm seeing from Nashville media kind of writ large and fans in general and social media, blah, 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 is all this like, what should we go acquire that that I don't I don't like. I'm not sure I like that talk like a veteran defenseman or top six winger like I don't I like the team as it's currently constructed. If they're going to trade Forsberg, do you need some extra goal scoring oomph? Maybe sure in return. But I, I don't think I want this team to do anything that sacrifices where they're naturally going to improve to next season, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm just using the Toronto example for if you, if they went to Toronto, if Toronto came to them and said, all right, we're going to give you this, 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 and this two first round picks and a second round pick and this blue chip prospect to the Toronto Marlies. And it will throw in William Nylander. I mean, I think you, you got to do it. 
because Nylander is not Forsberg, but he has proven at a young age that he, you basically reset the contract negotiations, right. For a few more years. So, and again, it's, we're beating a dead horse here, I guess. But the point is, is that if they can't shop him and I don't think that I do like the way the team is currently constructed, I wouldn't mind a little cosmetic around the fringes, but I also wouldn't, some of those times, some of those things that Poyle does sometimes around the trade deadline are just to make moves. He can argue they're not, but trading Matt Irwin to Anaheim for uh, the German kid, the German defenseman, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. It's, uh, Lord Alfred Tennyson. I sure. <laughs> I mean, like, that that's a move just to make a move. That's We need to get rid of this guy. You need to get rid of that guy. Let's switch him he, out. He can't, I don't, I don't think Poyle can, I don't think he can sit on his hands during a trade deal. I don't think he's possible. I think he sits in his office drinking Cabernet going, I've got to do something. And he's like picking his right. fingernails and stuff. And, he, and, he, and that's, and those are the moves he comes up with. Right. Right. And, for, and I know people are yelling at their podcast right now, who the ducks player is that came up in the trade, but, <laughs> uh, but the, for me, it's just Eric I, good Branson. Well, there's, that's another good one. It's like, Oh, well, he's a former third overall pick and we needed to bolster our blue line. And he was a horrendous fit. Yes, he's so terrible. please stop doing that. Just if you, if you like your team, be like, I'm done. Let the offers come to you, feel the ones that blow you away, and just ignore the ones that don't. End of story. Because this team right here is good enough to compete, maybe not for a cup, but certainly you never know what's going to happen. you got to get in, right? And this team right here, as it's constructed, can get in, as long as Ben Harper doesn't play. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as it's not Harper Myers on the third pairing, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Right, right, right. God, everybody likes to pick on him, and it, it, I know. fair enough. Um, I, I do think – I agree with you. I think if even if you traded Forsberg – and allowed some younger players more yeah. prominent roles, I still think you can win a playoff series. One thing I think like, uh, people overlook real quick is that, that, now, again, he hasn't shown that this year, although he's had plenty of chances for sure, but Tomasino can be Forsberg in like four or five years, right? Maybe not the, the level of creativity, but certainly the production. He can be a 40, 50, 60-point guy in, four, in, th- in three or four years, right? So my point is, is that you have to look at the big picture. It's not in a vacuum. If you if you let Forsberg go and he doesn't come back, because there's still a possibility he could come back, of course. So if if you let Forsberg go and he doesn't come back, top, there there are players in theory in the system that can step up and take his place to a degree. It's not like they're just bare of they, offensive talent. They have more guys under the age of 25 that could combine to replace his scoring. Yes. If exactly. you go, if you go, Tolvanen, Trennan, and um, Tomasino, and and Jano, and if you put all the guy Cunning is too, like all those guys are capable of scoring twenty goals in a season. And if you put, if you yeah. have six guys that can score twenty goals instead of one guy that can score thirty five, which by the way he's never done. We right. we all he's love. About, he's about to. He's about he's, to. He's about to. But we love Forsberg. But he's also never delivered the forty right. goal season that we all right. think he should be delivering. Right. Um, although I, I do think even before the deadline, he could have both the all-time franchise scoring record and the single-season scoring record. I heard you, you ask Adam that last week. Do, do you think that's going to take place before the deadline? Uh, I do think that's going to take place before the deadline. Okay. All right. Where are the Preds okay. at the deadline in the in the standings? Second place. Okay. Minnesota catches them in the games played in the, in the yeah. final in the final frame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Rapid fire here on the division. Um, can anyone touch Colorado? Is this even worth co- having a conversation about? I think Vegas can if they're healthy, if they put their full complement of players, their AJ Brown, Julio, Julio Jones, and uh, Derrick Henry on the field. Uh, I think all together for a consistent amount of time. Yes, I think they can catch Colorado. 
So best case scenario, Nashville puts Colorado off until the second round. That's the best case scenario. It is the best case scenario, yes. And then you got absolute best case scenario. You got to see what happens at that point. And then you got to hope there's an injury. Or, I mean, yeah, you, I, you, I mean, you got to just hope something happens, right? Um, who is eliminated outside of Arizona because they're done? <laughs> uh, they were they were eliminated. They've been done in, since October 10th. Yeah, yeah. before yeah. The, the the day the season started, they were eliminated. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is no, who is just absolutely has zero chance to make the playoffs in the Central Division? In the Central Division. Um, basically are Dallas and Winnipeg still in it? Uh, no, I don't think they are. I think Winnipeg can't, I think Winnipeg can crawl in because they have, again, they have goaltending. So, uh, if the, if he stands on his head for the rest of the year, they could probably squeak in, but, uh, no, I would say say Chicago is definitely out. And I think, and I think Winnipeg is definitely out. And I actually, as I said before, I don't like Dallas. I don't like how they're constructed. So I, I think your Western conference, or excuse me, your central division, uh, your four teams in the division are pretty much taken care of. I think they're Colorado, Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, and I'd actually put them in that order. And then it's the three fighting for those three spots, basically. Because yeah. Colorado yeah. ain't going to be fighting with right, correct with anybody. Yeah. Um, if you were like taking Vegas out of the Pacific Division, mm-hmm. uh, just real quickly, who who scares you the most out of that division? Because it feels like it's a whole lot of the same thing. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm going to go Edmonton again. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pick them to win a playoff round because they've burned me on that several times. But when you have Connor McDavid and Leo Dreisaitl on your squad, you're a danger at any given point. And it seems like they play 45 minutes a game anyway, so they never come off the ice. So, uh, so, so I'll say Edmonton. All right, fair enough. Uh, any, 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 any nuggets of wisdom you think people need to know about the the, the Central Division, the Western Conference, the standings? What? Anything you think you need – any takes, any hot takes you want to throw out there before we wrap up the show? No, I just think that Minnesota uh, is fool's gold. I think that – I used that term earlier with Poyle, but I, I just – they scored 161 goals and they've allowed 122. They have a plus 39 margin, which is great. Okay, it's second in the uh, in the West. But I just – okay, there's something about them that I, I just I, – when I watch them play, I'm like, this is not real. When push comes to shove in the playoffs and the real season starts, and I could be wrong, of course. I have there certainly have been before. I thought the Predators should no. draft, draft Emerson Edom in 2010. So there's that. But uh this is, I always it's my go-to failure, by the way. I like, um, it, I like but, it. But but I uh, scored on my own goal, so it's fine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your go-to failure. Uh but Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota, I don't, I don't, I don't I think when when the real season starts, I think they'll fade. Well, and we haven't seen they've only played once, right? Like we haven't seen Right. They'll play Minnesota a whole lot down the Yes, they will. Yes. So, so we'll learn a lot more going down. And that was a 5-2 win, of course, by Nashville back in the day. So, uh, all right, next week you got Winnipeg coming up on Saturday. Um, we've got to get to Super Bowl predictions as well. And then, of course, Laviolette will be in town on Tuesday. So I, I, it will be interesting to see the reaction because there's so much good tied up in the tenure mm-hmm. and, and, and so much uh, surliness as well, especially for those of us <laughs> in the media. Yeah. Um, you know, like, again, I think it's, I don't, you know, I don't think people have any ill will towards Peter Laviolette. I just think it's going to be an interesting reaction. There'll probably be a, a an applause thing there, but we'll talk a lot oh. about it. We'll talk a lot about it next week. I just don't like, I don't think there should be some montage video. <laughs> like, you know, there's going to be. Well, oh, there absolutely should be, in my opinion. Okay, I, think, all right, I, all right. I, I, I disagree with that because I think he took the franchise to the heights uh, that had never been imagined, really, uh, that had only been thought were possible in two seasons before that, and that was 06 and 07, right? Okay. And so those are the only two years you were like, they're a real contender, and then they bowed out in the first round. Uh, 
And so I think they, he got them to the mountaintop. They didn't take the summit, but they got to the mountaintop. And, uh, and you could argue, I still do, that, uh, that that first game goes a little differently. Game one in Pittsburgh goes differently. The Predators win that series. And so there's that controversial offside call. I was going to say, are you, a Forsberg, are, you a, are you a Forsberg skate truther? Is that, I am. Are you one, are you one of those? I absolutely am. And so if that goes differently, then that, that changes the whole question of the series. So <clears throat> my, they don't, they don't win that series in any, in any year. <laughs> they and, they and didn't have enough guys. They didn't have enough of their best players to be that's, a team with multiple hall of famers. Okay. That's fine. But I still right. contest that they could have. So uh, I think he, Lavi deserves a lot of credit for that, obviously. And he got him the president's trophy. And again, you know, yeah. Yeah. I know. So, okay. Fine. Okay. So, fine, fine. Fine. So there, there should be, a, there should be a tribute video for okay. sure. I stand her. I sit and pod. It should not be. As, it should not be as heartfelt as Trotz's, however, because Trotz is right. that's a different that's, story. That's all I'm talking about. Yes. There is a love affair with certain guys. Shea yes. Weber. Yes. Barry Trotz. You know, like there's a love affair element to this. Pecorine, of course. Um, I just don't. I don't. I don't. You don't get all the warm and fuzzies when you think about Peter Laviolette. Exactly. So that's probably unfair of me. And maybe I'm maybe I'm a little biased there, but that's just me. Uh, You'll notice, by the way, the guys you mentioned are great with the media. Oh, really? Is yeah. that what they have in common? It is. I'm not saying that's, for those listening, I'm not saying that's why we love them. I'm just saying that you'll notice that there's a, a, a certain something about a Trotz and a Rene and a Weber, even though Weber was kind of robotic. Weber was, yeah, Weber was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was super nice dude. Like before you put a yes. camera or a yes. recorder in his face, he would talk to you all day about fantasy yes. baseball. I mean, he was awesome. So Lavi's in the James Neal category. So. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We'll put those guys over here in this, in this category <laughs> over here. Um, there's a third category, which is like Kevin Fiala. Which is like I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a good guy. Like he just doesn't want to say anything. He was great for two questions. No words. <laughs> no never. Words. He's never had an interview where the first two first two answers weren't great, and then after that he was like, yeah. "I'm done with this." And then it was one word answers. All right, I'm, I'm missing anything. You got when? Oh, Super Bowl. What do we think is going to happen in Super Bowl? Real quickly, we can't do a podcast during Super Bowl week and not get Super Bowl predictions. So what do you got? All right, so I'm going to go. Uh, I think it's going to be by a field goal. I think the Bengals are going to keep it a lot closer than people think, but I do Ooh. think the Rams will take it. Uh, uh, because the, again, it's just about, it's just like Colorado and Vegas, right? It's just about talent, right? I mean, Burrow and Jamar Chase, of course, in Cincinnati are amazing. Uh, you know, Logan Wilson leads all NFL players in postseason with 30 tackles. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they got down the defensive side of the ball. That That's great. But Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr., Ryan Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. I mean, the Rams are just loaded and they're playing in their home field, which is only the second time it's happened in Super Bowl history. And so, Will you report on how many with the fan? I think the Bengals could have more fans. Oh, will you my report cousin, on that? My cousin, my, my cousin is from Cincinnati. Is he purchased a seven thousand dollar ticket? He's out here. I'm requesting a, a uh, start of the second quarter. I want I want a start of the second quarter. Okay. Tweet of the breakdown of fans. Done. And you can and you can tag me in it, please. I I will do that. <laughs> I, I'm committed to doing that for you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, if you'd like to hear my prediction, tune into the 440. Uh, everywhere podcasts are found. I'm going the other direction. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I, I as, as a as a person who is married into a Bengals fan family, I am. I would be thrilled with that. Well, but I, I just think the Rams are going to pull it out. I have money on the Rams winning the Super Bowl in May, so oh. I, 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 I feel good. I, I'm feeling happy right now, but um, I would never bet. I would never bet against Joe Burrow ever again the rest of my life. He's so, he's, uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, Jeremy, where can everybody find you and follow your work this weekend? It's Gover time. I T S 
Gover Time because Twitter would not give me back my Gover Time account. So if you go to Gover Time and you see 6,000 followers and you go, why is it in Chinese? That's not me anymore. <laughs> it was, but it's not. It's Gover Time. It's Gover Time, AP Radio. Follow all of his work all across the weekend. Uh, I'm so I'm so happy for you, man, to be out there covering the Super Thank Bowl. you. It's really, thank really cool. Much. And thank you for hanging out with us. Of course, he's going to be with us here while Adam Bing is on his paternity leave up until the trade deadline. So get used to it, which I don't think anyone's going to have a, have trouble doing. If you want to pick up some food for your big party this weekend, Jasper's is the place to do it, of course. They've got the best cheese dip in the city. It will not congeal into a brick and hurt your tummy. It will be – It's it stays – it stays creamy. It's delicious. They got all. They have four different types of wings. They got flatbreads. They got sliders. They got barbecue fries. They got everything you could need for a fantastic Super Bowl party. So go check out Jasper's. For Jeremy Gover, my name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on the Twitters at Braden Gall. Share the show. Rate, review, subscribe, all that great stuff. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the Gold Standard on the 440 Sports Network.